Welcome to Geeksploration, the podcast, where you don't have to choose between Nintendo and Sega to hang out with us. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. Now we got 30 tries to get this right. We're talking video games, part two. Yeah, you know, we, we may use up all 30 of those tries. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah. But they'll only hear the one. Yeah, yes, yeah. We, 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 we're going to beat this game first try, as far as you're all concerned. So that right there, for, uh, for the uninitiated, Ben, what is that referred to as that you, uh, that you did there? Well, that is generally referred to as the Konami code. It sure is. And listen up, all you MFs out there. It is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. It's definitely B-A. You know, the, yeah, there's there's the A-B, then there's the up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, or there are so many different combinations that I've heard from people, which I'm sure there have been little variations in other games. Like I know for Super C, there was a, there was a slightly, uh, I think it was like backwards. But I'll be damned if I don't uh, get people saying it wrong and then trying to make me look like an asshole if i well maybe i am an asshole if i go in and correct them what kind of guy just goes in and corrects somebody after they say something but you know it's it's been a lifelong challenge well i mean that's that's the og konami code that is the konami code i guess they they used a couple variants of it i think in uh, like one of the ninja turtle games yeah you you would reverse the a and the b and it would do something um but generally speaking the Konami code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A. Well, yeah, and when we at, were kids... At the very least, and then start or select start, depending on the game. Uh, it was originally created by um, Kazuhisa Hashimoto uh, when he was porting Gradius over for the NES mm-hmm. because it was too fucking hard, and he was getting pissed off like when he was testing it just to see if it worked, that uh, he kept dying. He couldn't actually test the later <laughs> levels. Yeah, because he was getting his ass kicked. Well, I remember when we were kids, it was, it was the Contra code. You know, long before I ever knew anything about Konami and it being used in different games. Like, that was just the Contra code. Well, it was because Contra was awesomer than Gradius. I mean, Gradius is a great game, but fucking Contra played a much bigger role in my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, for- he forgot to take it out. He meant to, like, remove it before he put the game out. And, of course, somebody figured it out. Yeah, no shit. It's just ridiculous. like, uh, what were we talking about? The fatalities in Mortal Kombat. So it's insane that people just kind of, you know, figure this shit out. But, yeah, uh, like I've did. I've done things in video games on accident, but I've never been able to recreate them or at least like figure out a pattern as to how I did it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People are weird. Yeah, they got too much time on their hands. And this was all in like the pre-internet age too. I mean, I guess there was rudimentary internetage, but um, not 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 like it is today where information spreads like wildfire. Yeah, I think we just had an anniversary for the World Wide Web, like the actual WWW. Uh, what was it? Was it like the 25th anniversary, maybe? I think it was 30th. Was it? Yeah. Because yeah. the internet's been around for a long time, but uh, it was different. Yeah. Like the modern internet's only been around for maybe 15 years. No, that's not true. No, like what we think of today when you think of the internet. Like, you know, 15 years ago, I mean, it was barely off of dial-up DSL 
you know, web pages that were under construction with a little gif of a guy digging shit and almost no e-commerce whatsoever. Oh, okay. I, um, I guess if you bring in commerce and so, yeah. Like I mean, no, no Wikipedia, no Amazon, no streaming music, no YouTube, um, you know, all the things that the internet is now. Uh, Facebook wasn't a thing yet. I mean, the internet existed, but it was like a, a better integrated integrated BBS system. <laughs> um, if I knew what a BBS system was, I might uh, well, I might appreciate that more. I guess it's a bit redundant because it's a BBS stands for bulletin board systems. So oh like, yes, so it's like an ATM yeah. machine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I digress. Yes. I think that's going to become one of our sticks there. Yeah. The, the Konami code, though, uh, apparently was used in a few Castlevania, like the original Japanese Famicom Castlevania. Uh, if you entered it in, a little text would come up and say, nothing is here. Huh. <laughs> and then uh, it was used in a bunch of different games. It was pretty cool. They, uh, I guess it was in Batman Returns for the Super Nintendo, too. Oh, neat. Yeah, it allowed you to select how many lives you wanted. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and play it. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know if I ever beat that game. That was a that was a side scrolling brawler and that was a lot of fun, but uh I could probably use some life selection there. So video games part two. We are moving on to the uh the eight bit and the sixteen bit era. I know I had some reservations about, you know, if we could fit it all in one episode, so we'll see what happens. It may be the world's most giantest single episode known to man. But we'll see if we can uh, if we can pare it down to just the the essentials. Yeah, it seemed like just doing eight bit like the the two seem to fit well together because they're kind of the you know pixel based two dimensional eras. Whereas once once you get beyond the sixteen bit era, you start getting into early polygons and you know three D and and you know you get a three D Mario and Banjo and Kazooie and all that. Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah, early the, the two essentials: 3D Mario and Banjo and Kaz- Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah, yeah turbo-sized polygon Final Fantasies and shit. Yeah. This was the you know the the solid two-dimensional pixel graphic era essentially. Yeah, and so it seems it seems right to stick them together. Yeah, and again when when I I was being polite when I said reservations, like I thought you were fairly insane when you when you said that. I was I was I took it a little personal. I was insulted. But once you explained it like that, it does make sense. They are they are clear eras. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to we'll do our best to cram this shit in here. Yeah. So Nintendo, the the system of our youth. I I jeez. How do we naturally segue into this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think we could start by uh, uh, kind of defining what an 8-bit system is to a degree. Yes. To a very low-level rudimentary degree, especially what, what, what they essentially, what is meant by an 8-bit system is that all the blocks and units of memory that are used for all the different things are each allowed 8 binary bits um, at a time essentially so uh, and each bit can be you know one or a zero so straight binary bits so you have 256 combinations that you can have okay there's a lot of different subsystems and chips that used you know that controlled things there was you know the the video chip controlled on the nas at least the video con- chip controlled you know had a background layer and a like a sprite layer each of which had you know eight bits worth of information that they could deal with um same thing with sound i think had five tracks but that's why like uh in legend of zelda you can only have a maximum of 255 rupees 
in your uh, inventory. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, the bit of data that con- that track kept track of that could track from zero to two hundred fifty-five. Wait, is that is that for real? You could only ever have two hundred fifty-five rupees, like in your in your stash. Yeah, yeah, in the OG Zelda game. Yep. How have I never? hit that max or, really? or like never I, taken I note being of it frustrated when i was a kid and and they like integrated it as a feature into the later freaking zelda games that like <laughs> you can only have this many rupees in your bag and you're like well, give me a bigger bag yeah, asshole bullshit. well you'd have to in the later ones you had to buy a bigger bag so that you could have more oh geez yeah and i guess that could go into why like um you could only have a certain number of like enemies on a screen or like bullets or yeah like, exactly sometimes yeah. it would get bogged down if you had more so so like on, on the nes i mean the, the limitations these guys had to operate under was was pretty shocking and they got they got really fucking good and creative at getting around it like you look at the early nintendo games like track and field and you know, uh, balloon fight. Has anyone ever actually like gone and taken a good look at track and field? <laughs> Probably not many, no. but I mean like the graphics, you know, and even their, the, their first Mario brothers game, they look, you know, almost more like an Atari era game than the later NES games, which is kind of a, you know, most consoles do that. They go through a cycle where the developers kind of figure out the stuff. And then by the end they're, they're really pushing the hardware to the extreme. Yeah. Like for graphics, they they could have uh, there's only 64 colors available, and like they could have 13 on the background and 12 on the sprites, and yeah, when you for any horizontal line, they could only have uh, I think it was eight tiles for the on the sprite layer. Mm-hmm. So if, like that's why sometimes like when you're shooting really fast or there's too much going, like stuff starts to disappear. Yeah, Usually yeah. On the always on the right hand side of the screen because it, it, the way it renders, you know, the stuff on the left is preserved and stuff on the right is what gets dropped. And uh, that's why, like, Mega Man could only shoot, like, what was it, like, three bullets two at a time? Bullets was, at yeah, a two time. bullets at a time. Two bullets. And they would, yeah, until one of them disappeared, he couldn't shoot another one. Yeah. It, like, it was a legit hardware limitation. It wasn't, uh, like, it wasn't like a game design decision. Oh, you know what? Maybe it was three, actually. Because I remember when, when we played later on with, um, like, controllers that had, had turbo buttons, I think he did shoot three at a time. That was just to kind of keep shit in order. And even then, if you were firing at a line that had a bunch of enemies in it, like something might disappear on the far right side of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, like the freaking audio. Nintendo music is one of my favorite things about the NES. Yeah. The, the music that these guys came up with, like, especially, you know, for Mega Man or Castlevania. I mean, some of the most iconic, you know, soundtracks of our childhood, essentially. Real quick, what is your ringtone for me when I call you? Batman. The, the original Batman NES game. Yep. And what about for your wife? My wife, the Castlevania. Yep. I, I, I think I, I love got, hearing uh, that. I think for my wife, it's the, uh, the, you know, kind of the first stage was Bloody Tears, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for my kids, it's the, uh, the, uh, the clock tower level from Castlevania 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then my dad is the, because he is my boss at work, because I work with my father building houses. And uh, my ringtone for him is the boss music from Contra. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I my phone is always on silent. I don't I don't like ringtones, but when I'm driving my car, it still comes up. My normal ringtone is the Wy- Dr. Wily stage from Mega Man 2. Yeah, um, my, my, my standard ringtone is uh, Mega Man 4, I think it's Pharaoh Man? Yeah. Mega Man's got some badass music. I think my alert tone is the actual, uh, like... After you beat the level in Mega Man, when it does that little like do 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 like after that, and he goes like, 
when he yeah. when he launches off, that's uh, that's my alert tone. Yeah, fuck yeah! Oh yeah, NES music makes great ringtones and notification sounds. And like the the old uh, oh geez, I remember I I tried for a while to to find a tone. So like when I got a text message or an email, it would do like the the Zelda like. That's what mine is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh shit! I'll give it to you if you want. <laughs> I have it. Man, I don't I don't know if Apple lets people just uh, import shit on their own, or at least. They pro- I, you can probably find a way around it, but I am not technologically savvy. Yeah, fucking Apple. But yeah, man, like like the the Zelda theme. Like, can you imagine having a game as sprawling as Legend of Zelda and having two songs and not getting tired of them? Like, yeah, there's two songs no that shit, play right? throughout the entire game, and I never ever get sick of either one of them. Yeah, it's got like the the main overworld theme and then the underworld theme. Yeah, and I think that's it. Yeah, like at I, least in the original Zelda, I think they got a little fancier later on. But yeah, Zelda two for sure, and then oh yeah, once it once it started getting into into even Link to the Past or the the oh, sixty four yeah. ones, yeah, all new stuff. Sixteen bit shit got serious. So thinking of like the Legend of Zelda theme theme, there's a video that's really cool that I'll show you. It's got like a visualization of what they're doing. Uh huh. There's only like four, or not like there is only four tracks dedicated to making certain sounds and then a fifth one for like really rudimentary sampling oh okay like they could pick like a sample noise for the game and use it occasionally and so that's where you get some of the fancier stuff later on but but you get two channels that can just make a straight square wave which is, is kind of the typical beep boop type noises yeah yeah and then you have one for a triangle wave which they usually used for like bass or kind of lower tones and then um, a noise channel that just made white noise that they usually used for like explosions or symbols mm-hmm and uh, that's it and so they'd layer them and they'd change them and they'd oscillate between them and they'd change waves and shit to make some of them like like think of some of those Mega Man songs and they're all made with four instruments essentially and they sound way more complicated. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, you know, and, and I, I almost forgot to, but it just popped in my head right now when you're talking about only having four tracks, because I am utterly amazed every time I listen to the uh, the main opening theme for Kid Icarus. Yeah. Like, please, everyone, go do yourself a favor. Look it up on YouTube. There will be a video of it. It is the most amazing gorgeous piece of four track music that's ever to exist like i want to cover it so bad track by track but it would be i mean it wouldn't be impossible but but you'd need more than four tracks it would take a <laughs> long time yeah and it it like it uh i'm i'm kind of an emotional dude i'm more emotional than uh than some people like it it moves me when i listen to it it's it's triumphant and at times sad, and it's just all around glorious. I prob- love that song. We could much. probably cut a clip of it into the podcast. Nintendo's not going to sue us. They're not, but man, I'd uh, I I feel like it would do it a disservice if we didn't uh, if we didn't do the whole thing. But then also, maybe we'll just tack it on to the end. Yes, we'll just, at the end of this podcast, look forward to it. We're going to play you the entire Kid Icarus theme. As long as we can get a good, clean version of oh, it, I bet we can. Okay, I'll find one. Sweet. But yeah, well, and, the, and you got band, whole bands like the Advantage, mm-hmm. um, mini bosses, mini bosses. Yeah, they go through and they, they cover eight bit Nintendo and Sega and whatnot uh, songs, and uh, it sounds fucking great. Like full, you know, proper band. I I love that shit. There's probably a bit of nostalgia in there where if like you didn't know what this was, maybe you wouldn't like it as much. Yeah, but uh, 
I I, lo- I think it sounds great. So what's what's an early memory you have of Nintendo? Like how how old were you when you got a Nintendo? For some reason, I feel like like we've talked about it before, and you got it a little later than normal, right? I got it for my eighth birthday, so that would have been in 1990. So oh shit, f- like five years after it came out. Yeah, into the 16-bit generation. Really? When did the? Oh well, we'll hit that later. Was it was was the <laughs> Super Nintendo already out when I got my NES? Not the Super Nintendo, but the uh, the Genesis was. Oh yeah, Genesis came out pretty early. Yeah, because they were getting trounced by the NES. They had oh to. yeah, but yeah, I got it for my eighth birthday. I think I was, I was kind of thinking back on it and looking at it. I was like, yeah, it had to have been right about there because the NES came out in 1985 in North America, at least. I think it came out in 1983 in Japan. They get all, all the cool shit before we do. Yeah, and. Uh, I definitely didn't get it right away. I mean, I think the damn thing was like $400 when it first came out. Oh, uh, shit, really? It was like, a sh- yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. Now, was that early Nintendo when they still had like a, uh, like, because originally didn't the, didn't the Famicom have like a keyboard and like a disc drive and shit, like a bunch of extra stuff with it? Like they were, they were it marketing did in Japan, it more- but I don't think it did when it came out in North America because Famicom was short for family computer. Yes. Um, but but I think when they brought it to the to the to North America, it was more of a straight gaming console, the the savior to the hell that Atari hath wrought. Yeah, I, I remember watching a documentary years ago on it, and you know, it, seeing all those peripherals and just being like, "Holy shit!" Like there may have even been a mouse, but them thinking like, "Oh, like no, this 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 kind of shit already failed." Like the, we are coming in at a bad time because didn't nobody want to invest in it. Yeah. Because of what had come before. Well, yeah, yeah. Video games were, were considered, I mean, it was a fucking, you know, losing bet to bet on home console video games in 1985. It was not a sure thing at all. But the NES was such a dramatic step up from the Atari. Yeah. I mean, just a bit amazing as far as what it could do. E- even the early games were a lot better. The sound and graphics and- Well, and the movement- better. You know, like the way yeah. Mario moves, there is nothing on Atari that I can think of where a character moves with such smoothness yeah, and fluidity. fluidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, and uh, and the and the that freaking gamepad, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo done invented the D-pad. Um, in fact, Nintendo has has invented a lot of the most revolutionary, you know, control apparatus. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not afraid to fuck around with it. No, they are not. They uh, and I guess they've got they got the idea for the D-pad from they had these little things called Game and Watch, which were like those uh, you know those little handheld games you used to get. Where yeah, the Tiger like, Electronics yeah, ones, like those. They had one. Nintendo had a line of those called Game and Watch, and in some of the later ones, they had four buttons um, that were you know arranged in a like a cross essentially. Yeah, yeah, they looked more like a like a Super Nintendo yeah. controller. Yeah, that were used for up, down, left, and right. And they took that and said, "Hey, you know, let's you know put these together as you know, kind of put like one plastic piece over the four buttons." And uh, the D pad was invented. Yeah, I remember seeing. Uh, I th- I feel like they did a reissue of some of those. Like there was there's like a Donkey Kong one that I uh, that I almost got once. Yeah, it's crazy when you look at them. But I think it was in like 1989 or 90. They came out with like like a you know a Legend of Zelda one and a few other ones. Um, they look, you know, they're absolutely the spiritual successor for, to the Nintendo DS. They have two screens. Yeah, D pad yeah. on the bottom. They fold up clamshell style. It's it's crazy. Like you look at them, and you're like, wow, that's a fucking Stone Age. Nintendo DS. Yeah, people don't realize that 
in the creation of the DS, they went back to their old design. Yeah. You know, that that was a throwback. Absolutely. And it worked great. I, I, I still have a DS and I love it. So when you got your Nintendo super late after the rest of the world oh, yeah, had, uh, had we gotten on the... Oh, uh, I wanted one so bad for so many years. Oh, I remember being so excited when my parents... Because they they did the thing. I think I brought it up at Christmas. I think I got a rock that said, you can get an, Inten- an NES. Totally. Yep, that <laughs> fucking rock. Yep. Wow. And I got to go to Toys R Us and pick out, you know, grab, get an NES and pick out one game with it. And was that... Castlevania Three: Dracula's yeah, yeah. Curse the game i got with it uh and it, of course it came with you know mario and mario duck hunt as well yeah the so, combo cartridge yep. and uh yeah it was uh freaking great yeah Th- that's kind of how i dated when it was because i i bought that game new and uh oh yeah, so yeah it yeah. couldn't have been before that and i think that game came out in 89 late 89 early 1990 maybe and yeah you know, my birthday's late in the year so but yeah and uh, uh, it was cool because it was mine because I got it for my birthday. So I had to like share it with my sister, but uh, oh. but it was mine. Yeah. So like you know, you... if it was a one player game like Castlevania, tough titties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when's it my turn? Never. Yeah. And then I think within like two years or so, I I I the family upgraded the TV, and I inherited the old one and and was able to put it in my room, and it didn't have tv on it for a while but it did have the nes hooked up to it yeah so, so it was like fuck off stay out of my yeah, room so it was in my room so uh yeah it, it was mine yeah eat shit yeah i think uh i'm i'm almost certain we got ours just first chance we could either 86 or 87 um it was brand new there weren't a ton of games but i remember me and my sisters getting up uh christmas morning and there was one of those under the tree. I wonder how my parents did it back then. If they just, if they, you know, just said for the family from Santa or something, because it definitely did not belong to any one of us. And you had, you had a lot of, not, not a small amount of siblings either. Yeah. Yeah. I had three older sisters, no younger, no brothers. Did you guys fight over it a lot? Um, I'm sure we did because me and my sisters fought over everything. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> You know, three older sisters. Yeah. Fuck. We did not get along. They they ganged up on me, and my mom totally always had my back, even when she probably shouldn't have. So they resented me for it. Did they ever put you in dresses? Yes. And put makeup and shit on you? I remember, there there are a couple pictures of me in a dress when I was like four. I mean, I can only, uh, three older sisters, like that's exactly where that's going. Yeah. But yeah, we got the Nintendo. I remember us, um, as with any new console we got, having a hell of a time hooking it up and figuring it out even though i mean it's so weird to look back and it was just like you connect it to here and you turn it on exactly like it was it was pretty simple like it had the little coax connection and you put the thing on there and you pressed on or you had the rca one of the had both see yeah back back you just had to make sure the tv was on the right channel back then i i don't know i don't know which which one it is what what name it is but it, it had like the two prong things and you had to like screw the screws in on it Two prongs. Yeah, yeah. Because RCA has three. It's got it's got the no. I think I think the, the yellow for the the visuals and the the red and the white for audio. And you plug that in, or the other one was just a coax. It was yeah. just one that you'd screw in. Well, yeah. No, I, I, it must. Maybe it was the the old TV we had 
you know, that had this, still had this like wheel of fortune sounding dial on it. Oh, did it have like wood paneling? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the coax <laughs> cable needed an adapter that came out into like, like two little, two little hook prongs that you hooked around uh, some little screws oh, in the, the back of the TV. Oh, it was the old antenna connection. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember those. I, yeah. Until like 10 years ago, I think I had like three of those in a bin with all my other cords and shit. Yeah, the, that, the, that the TV. The antenna to coax adapter. I know exactly what you're talking about. That TV carried me into like my teen years. Holy it was shit. great. Oh, yeah. I played I played a lot of home console video games on that. But yeah, as far as I can remember, we only had Mario when when we first got it. We ended up getting like Kid Icarus, as I mentioned earlier, and like uh, Marble Madness was a yeah. big one in our house. Back when consoles came with a game. Yeah. Nice. Man, they don't do that shit anymore. No, I, I remember even when I when I got my Sega Saturn getting like a triple game thing with it. I had like Virtua Fighter and Daytona and shit, like full games. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, now you only get one Glog damn controller with it, too. Yeah. Assholes. But, I, you know, I guess the, the consoles now are almost cheaper than they were then if you adjust the adjust for inflation. Yeah, you had, uh, you had gone over that with the Atari. Do you have some figures with the Nintendo? Nope. I mean, oh. I, I think it came out I think it came out at like 400 and so $400 from 1985 to now. I mean, it's probably somewhere in the range of 700 bucks. Was it really $400? Because I... For some reason, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it when it was still like in stores, and and I mean, I suppose my memory could be skewed, and it could be after sixteen bit came out. But I remember it being like a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks? Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I feel it, like I saw it at Rayleigh's for eighty bucks at some point. Well, I mean, probably at some point it became cheaper. Let's see. Uh, let me uh, double check my fingers here hey whoever's got uh got these figures on hand why don't you send us an email at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com i'll see oh no i'm full of shit it was 180 dollars oh so maybe that's yeah that's maybe probably that's about 400 dollars now yeah which is about what you could pick up you know a xbox one s4 i just bought one for 300 bucks but that's not exactly a new system either <laughs> i think it's still like 400 bucks for the nicer one isn't the one s the nicer one no, the one X is. Oh, X shit. comes later in the alphabet. <laughs> uh, yeah, the S is nicer than the original one, but not as nice as the nice one. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just got a normal one. I bought it secondhand for like 50 bucks. It was great. Yeah, that's a good deal. I would have rather have done that, to be honest. So... What games stand out to you? Because here, here's a problem with talking about Nintendo, is that we could spend an entire hour just going, hey, remember this game? That was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Hey, remember this game? That was also great. But I'm just curious, what was what was kind of tops for you? I always did and still do love uh, Castlevania. Yeah. Um, it was the first It was the first game that I bought. and uh, Popped your little cherry? Yeah. Yeah. So me and, me and Castlevania go way back. But I, I, I just, I love the series. Um, it, even after it kind of turned into the more Metroidvania. Yeah. Because the early ones weren't as Metroidy. No, not Met- at all. Metroidial. Yeah, except for number two. They were all just pretty linear yeah, platformers. Yeah, straight linear. You know, you, you beat the level, the little line goes to the next little skull, and then you go to that one and beat that guy, and there's a boss at the end. They were straight linear until Symphony of the Night came along. Mm hmm. 
um, which I'm sure we'll get to it, but I think that's probably my favorite game ever. Oh, shit. Yeah, love Symphony of the Night. But uh, also loved Mega Man. Never as good at Mega Man as I would like to have been. Yeah. (laughs) I fucking die in that game a fucking lot, but I love it. Yeah, and you were a Mega Man 3 kid, right? That was the one you had growing up. Uh, I think so. it was either three I or think four. It was four. Oh, okay. Pharaoh Man and Light Man and Toad Man. Shit! That's when they started to lose their minds. Yeah. Although right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm speaking as if like Bubble Man and Heat Man and <laughs> exactly, Air Man yeah. was we're, was they, any better. Those were, those were clear choices. Flash Man. Yeah, because Mega Man Two was was my jam. That was that was. One of my favorite games ever. In fact, I feel like we've talked about this before. I got. I think I can still run through that game in like forty-five minutes. Yeah, I still. I still love the juxtaposition of the box art on Mega Man games. To oh, jeez. The actual, the actual like the, this like almost photorealistic man. Yeah, <laughs> wearing like Mega ill-fitting man. clothing <laughs> yeah. and and oh, jeez. He's like he's like overweight. Yeah, fuck this. Give me the the cartoony pixel mega man every day yeah but uh yeah as we said mega man mega man games had some of the best music in all of nesdom 100 percent. they were hard but doable um you kind of had to figure out which boss you had to beat first yeah because each boss had had a had a weakness um and uh with the exception of i guess the first boss that you had to beat would would be easy to beat with normal powers, but then yeah, you had to because you beat a boss, you get their fucking power, and then you had to use it against the next boss uh, to get through the game quickly. It was always kind of a, you know, a, either either trial and error or you subscribe to Nintendo Power, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, and I never subscribed to Nintendo Power. I had a friend that did though, and uh, I leaned on that. Did you ever get Nintendo Power, John? No, no. No, uh, same as you. I I had a friend that had it, but I I never I never went through the walkthroughs or anything. I remember reading that uh, that comic strip that I think was Nestor's Quest. Yeah. Where there was a there was like a one page comic in each one where he would go into uh into games. Well, they'd have like the fucking fold out on each one where it would have like a map of an entire level of a game. I do remember the Zelda map. Yeah, like it, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, seeing Zelda as a map was I remember that boggling my mind when I was a kid. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, there's the world. <laughs> you do have the power. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, cuz my buddy had that and it was it was crazy to like, you know, fold out a giant, you know, little Nemo in Dreamland map. That, that's that's what our uh, our childhood equivalent of centerfolds were. Yeah, that same guy. His dad had a subscription to Playboy. And later I, on, we I had thought it was actual them. centerfolds <laughs> to look at. So there was a lot of fold-out magazining at this gentleman's house. It yeah. was great. <laughs> Fun for all ages. Yeah, but uh, I think a couple of my other like really big favorites when I was a kid was uh, there was Battletoads. Oh yeah, we played a lot of Battletoads at your place. Battletoads, the fucking level uh, with the the speeders. I think it was level three, four. I mean, it was early on in the game, and you had to do this thing where you had to exactly time jumping around these weird things that look like rib bones. Was it the the first one or the second one? Because there's there's one where you're surfing, and then there's one where you're on those vehicles. You're on the little vehicles, and you go through, and you got to get it just right. And I got it. I got it trained well because there was a portal. Like you could jump over the thing, get the jump to the right and then instead like there's like a little like a uh, expanding thing of circles that if you you know right in front of a wall where if you hit the wall it would teleport you 
way forward in the game. Yeah, like a warp zone. But it would take you to that damn surfing level that was just as frustrating. <laughs> oh yeah, and and <laughs> it's like those, you can't fucking win. Those levels you could you could eventually learn it, but when you're trying to play two player, it's impossible. Oh, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, exactly, cuz if one one person screws up, it's it's done. Yeah. It yeah, they don't just like die and then you get to keep going. No. No, you toast. You both got to make it through or nothing. What else do you got? Uh, let's see. What else was there? I mean, so many. So <laughs> many games. We can't have a discussion about Nintendo without bringing up Mario. Like, oh, yeah. Super yeah. Mario Brothers. So, yes. Especially my favorite, blasphemously enough, I think might be Super Mario Brothers 2. You son of a bitch. I don't disagree at all. It's a fucking great game. And it, like, it was made as a completely different game that they just reskinned with Mario in it. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, geez. Why don't I remember the name? It was something bizarre adventure. Yeah. Yo yo's something or other. Probably something in Japanese. I don't speak Japanese, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, geez. I feel like an asshole for not remembering it. But I guess that is sort of par for the course. Yeah. Well, you look like an asshole too, John. <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I love Super Mario Brothers too. Like it's got a different flavor from the other games for sure, but uh I had a lot of fun with that game. And it's it's also got great music. See, I think that is the most replayable one for me. For some reason, like Super Mario One and Mario Three, I get I get tired of them. You know, like like before I beat the game, I'm over it. Yeah, well, and there's no there's no uh, it doesn't have the the warp tubes or the whistle. Like you can beat Super Mario Brothers Three super fast. You can just skip most of the game. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with with the first one. Like you can get to the go through the the warp tunnels and get like right to the end of the game. Uh, you can't do that shit in Super Mario Brothers 2. You got to go all the way through, and then you got to throw some vegetables at the weird toad boss, and then Mario wakes up from his dream. Spoilers. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, geez. Here it is. Doki Doki Panic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's totally the name. I would love to. I, I I would love to go and find a ROM of the original game and go play it without the the Mario sprites. I bet I have one. Probably like, somewhere. I've got, just, I've got a, a ridiculous collection of pirated video games. So, uh, unless you're the FBI, in which case I do not. No, have that. of course not. So yeah, thank you, Shigeru Midi or Shigeru Shiger- Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, for yeah. for coming up with a mushroom and turtle bird smashing series. Yeah, go and, and, go plumbers and Zelda also. Yeah, isn't that weird? They're fucking plumbers. They're just going down tubes and stomping on living mushrooms and saving other mushroom head weirdos. Yeah, there, there's a uh, done a bit of work down in like the Arden area, and there's totally a uh, there's a, a plumbing company. He's got a van. Oh, yep, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, where it's got like it, it's got like a cartoon guy in red overalls with a hat that says SMP on it, and it's I think it's called like. Super Rodrigo's plumbing or something no, like it, that. It's Super Mario plumbing. No, I, I think he had to change. Did it. he get sued? I don't know, but the, the guy still has SMP on his hat, but it says like Super somebody else's plumbing. Oh, okay, on the yeah, truck now because I I saw those <laughs> trucks and vans going around town, yeah. and it was Super Mario plumbing. I yeah. was shocked. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. If if Nintendo sued him, come on, guys. Well, it was like, like that. Uh, is he really watering down, diluting your mar- your your property here, or competing with you in any way? There's a uh, there's a pool company around town locally, or at least years ago, that was called Aquaman, and uh, I haven't seen them around in a while. But I don't know; it's a pool cleaning company, so I don't know what the yeah. shelf life is on that. <laughs> yeah, but like digging a little deeper, I guess. 
One game I enjoyed a lot when I was a kid uh, was A Boy and His Blob. Mm-hmm. And I think the subtitle was like uh, something about slaving, saving Blobalonia or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was just this, it, it was a fairly silly game, but it was like a cool adventure game. Like, so you're a dude, this kid, and you've got a blob as a pet, this little white blob. And if you feed him different flavor jelly beans, he turns into different things. And so, like, I think you could feed him, like, a grape, and he'd turn into a ladder. That's probably not the right thing for that. It's been a long time since I played the game. I don't think we're going to have that many people coming at you over it. Uh, I don't know. Well, there's a lot of a boy and his blob fans out there. But it was just a cool, like, puzzle platformer, like, because you, could, you couldn't really do much without the blob. Like, so like, he could turn into a trampoline, and it would allow you to jump up or get a ladder, and you could climb somewhere. or he'd... So you had to, like collect different flavors of jelly beans, and then use those to solve platform puzzles to get to the end of the game. And it was really fun. It's it's not a one of the big Nintendo names, but it was a super fun game. Yeah, I had never really played that game um, growing up. I'd seen the case, but I, um, I was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago called uh, Two Dudes in a Ness. Where they, it's like a uh, game by game uh, podcast, but they um, they were able to score an interview with the the creator of Boy and His Blob, and they went into a lot of detail in that episode, and it was super super cool. Maybe want to play the game? I still haven't. Oh, cool! But I'd like to hear the episode because I have played the game. You should. Yeah, because that sounds fucking cool. Yeah, you know, one game that I always push because it's it's a game that has enough. Um, enough notoriety to to be present in people's minds, but it was never one of those ones that just scored huge like a Contra. Um, but I cannot say enough about Bionic Commando. That's true. I can vouch for that. What that I talk about it too yeah, much? That you can't say enough about Bionic Commando. <laughs> it's a good game. Like I like. It's a great game. Oh, cool okay. fucking no. swinging mechanic. But yes, I can I can vouch for the fact that you talk about Bionic Commando a lot. Okay, all right, yeah, I wasn't sure where you are going with that. If it was like, oh, yes, that is a game that you can't say too much about, or if it was like a, yeah, you can't shut up about it. Uh, kind of both. Like, it is a good game. Like, I agree <laughs> with you, but, uh, yeah, you, you've got a, the Bionic Commando. you got a Bionic hard-on for Bionic Commando. Yes, yeah, it's a big one. I can grapple with it. I can swing all over the place. That game, yeah, like you said, with the grapple mechanic, there was no jump button. You had, I remember as You had a, to swing to get anywhere. Yeah, as a, as a kid... It pissed me off. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? What is going on? But man, it, it taught you some skills. Being able to upgrade to different weapons and you had to use certain communicators in certain levels and you had to like figure out clues by by using the communicators to, to figure out where to go. So I guess in a way it almost had some like, at least like inventory RPG elements to it, but that's yeah, it did have some, yeah, some it like puzzles yeah, where you had to kind of, they'd hint that you needed to use this thing on that thing and you, yeah. you better, because you had to like pick your loadout, right? Yeah, Before yeah. Before the level. And so like if you didn't get the bazooka, you're screwed. You're not going to be able to beat this level. Like yeah, you should have listened to the level. dude in the last communicator. And it, and if you had the wrong one, the wrong communicator it would just come up like ga ga ga. Yeah. And you could also wiretap into the into the enemies' mm-hmm. communications, and every once in a while they'd catch you, and a bunch of enemies would show up. And yeah, there were, there would be uh, little neutral zones you could go in to find information, and and that's where that where that line says, "Get the heck out of my way, you nerd." Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, and they they did those. Uh, they rebooted that on on the, what was it like the Xbox three hundred and sixty yeah three hundred and sixty generation, the you know, PlayStation two. 
Uh, no, it would have been PlayStation 3. Yeah. 3, yeah. And uh, they were really freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> they did a really good job. The Bionic Commando rearmed. Yep. It was the first one was great. Game. The second one, I think we've talked about it before. I it, it threw in a jumping mechanic, and the button layout was weird, and I, I, I couldn't get into it as much. But the first one was fantastic. I'll go back and play it every once in a while. Well, that's kind of a, a, a trait of the 8-bit era games is that the, they weren't necessarily long, but they were hard. Like the, the replay value was in <laughs> you getting good enough to actually beat the game. Yeah. Like shit like Contra. Like if you do the Konami code, you can beat Contra in like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Maybe it less. It is easy as fuck. You just blast through that shit. doesn't matter how many times, you know, 30 lives, that's enough. You can get through that game and kill things. But the three lives that you normally start with, you you got to practice. Yeah, I, I still, I don't think I've I've actually gone through and done it. I'm sure I can, you know, with the, with the three continues. Because I, I, can, I can blast through the first maybe four levels with without losing three lives. Well, yeah, and, and I think both of us probably know every inch of that game. Like, yeah. We know exactly what to expect at every point and how to beat every boss. Yeah, like it's it's the random bullet that gets you. There's a lot of random bullets later on in the game. Like yeah. fucking, there's a lot of shit flying around the screen. But yeah, like that. Like I remember, like like Ninja Gaiden is stupidly hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. I stupidly fucking. Hard. I beat that one and the its sequel as a kid. I had patience as a kid. Well, you got to put weird. your time in. Yeah. Like this thing. Like you got to. You know. I remember getting a game and playing it for hours and hours and hours, and just replaying the same levels over and over and over again till you got good enough that you just got like fucking muscle memory to just blast through that shit. But it was an exercise in like memorization and just getting your body and your brain as one. It wasn't so much. Uh, I don't know, there was no no forgiveness, no save games. It's just fucking you. You got to get it right the first time, or the hundred and fifth time. Yeah, Nintendo was the first generation too that I remember having, uh, r- being able to rent games. Oh yeah, yeah. And going down to Blockbuster Video, and they had the the game section. You could rent games, and it was awesome because you could you get them and then just spend the entire weekend zombieing out to a game. Uh, I mean, I remember spending you know twelve to fifteen hours straight. In front of a freaking game, trying to master it, at least to the point that either I was, uh, I would beat it or say, fuck this game. It's going back to Blockbuster. Well, yeah, <laughs> there, there was a, there was a sense of urgency with it too. Cause you only had three days mm-hmm. to beat this game or else you'd be renting it the next weekend, which is always possible, but yeah, but I mean, there's so many games to play. Why yeah. would you rent that one again? Unless it's like a final, the only ones I think I rented more than once were, um, Big epic RPG games. Whereas, you know, if you get pretty far in like a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest or something, then yeah, it makes sense to maybe keep it another week if you could talk your parents into it. Yeah. Um, or not remind them that they got to return it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember going to Mr. Video before Blockbuster even oh, showed yeah. up and like getting, getting a bunch of random... I remember getting like Rygar there and like a Styanax... And um, I think there was a Rambo game that I got from there too. Right, For some reason, those game. pop out in my head. I remember uh, getting like a, a Dragon Warrior game there once because of the cool ass box art and going home and just having no fucking clue at all what to do. So <laughs> I, I just took it back. Yeah, you've never been an RPG guy. Nope, not my thing. Like, who am I supposed to kill? I'm just walking around this glock. Damn town talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. 
Yeah, so folks, as we are realizing as we record this, we are absolutely doing a disservice to everyone if we do not offer a bonus episode talking all about all of the great games. I I mean, we haven't even mentioned Base Wars, for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, like I'm looking at like just going through it, and, it, and even more popping into my mind. Like, I, I mean, I could blather on about NES games for way longer than we have time for in this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, and we don't do short episodes. All right, well let's uh let's let's table the games discussion until we uh we record a bonus episode. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah, I think we can. I think I can restrain myself. I'll try. All right. So you want to move on to peripherals? Guardian Legend. Oh, damn it, I tried. <laughs> I did my best. So we had light guns, which oh, I don't yeah. think is any uh, anything special. Lots of lots of systems had light guns. Oh, bullshit. Light, light guns are awesome. Eh. Lots of systems don't have light guns now. It's true. Like, I don't have a light gun for my Xbox. I don't think it would work. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Like, you'd have to get, you know, you have to use the Connect to, which I don't have because they ditched that shit. But you'd have to use something like that to track another different peripheral in order to make it work. On a bit of a side note, which we may get to, one of the funnest games for the Wii that I it was Resident Evil 4, because you being able to use the Wiimote to just stand and shoot. Like, it'd been a long time since I'd been able to play a proper light gun shooting game. Yeah. And that really, really floated my boat. <laughs> it really tickled your pickle. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned in the arcade episode... I like light gun games. They're fun. I like having a fake gun and shooting at things. Yeah. And uh, I think modern gaming is is sorely missing out on the fun of shooting stuff with a gun in your hand. (laughs) So, go light gun. Did you have the the orange one or the gray one? I had the gray one because I remember seeing the orange one around later on and thinking it looked stupid. Oh, well, I had the orange one. Ew, gross. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you buy your console in 1990. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, um, then there was also uh, Rob, R-O-B. I'm sure that stood for something, but I don't currently know what it did. Probably robotic. Really obsolete. Butthole. Butthole, yeah, there yeah. we go. I, n- I never knew anybody. Th- like, I remember like seeing him and like, that looks awesome. I want one. Yeah. But from, like, uh, everything I've read about it, yeah, I didn't really want one. Yeah. It wouldn't I, have been that great. <laughs> I think it only worked for a couple of games, and the only game I can remember from one of our buddies, he did some research on this, and he really wanted to find one. He uh, he was one of the only people I know who ever owned Gyromite, and apparently there's some door in that game that you have to have Rob to drop a disc to open that door. At that one, oh, at that bullshit. one time, Does, did, did Gyromite come with Rob? No, but well, fuck I fuck that. See, then. I think you can still beat the game, but but there's like some door you can't get through unless you have oh, Rob. Least, yeah, as long as you can beat the game, that's. But good. I I don't know for certain. Um, then there was the power glove. Oh, uh, I wish I had one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never got to use one. No, I've never. I don't think I've ever actually even seen one in no. the wild. And um, we'll, we'll we will touch on that a little bit later in the episode i bet it didn't work as good as my childhood self thought it would no but it looked so rad (laughs) um let's see what else do we have there was the trackpad did you ever use a trackpad i did not no i never had a trackpad either 
I used it once at a friend's place and it just seemed really cumbersome and annoying. Like for, what, and what games would it be good for? Track and field, which was the, the other cartridge that, uh, the other multi cartridge that came with yeah. uh, some Nintendos. I didn't have that one, thankfully. By the time I bought my NES, that shit was obsolete. Yeah, as, as far as, I mean, it had to have worked with other games, but I don't know if that is something that is true or not. I only had one separately purchased peripheral the entire time. Ooh, that I owned what an was NES. that? And it was uh, absolutely useful and super awesome and great. Did it have a book that came with it? It did have a book that came with it, oh. a little blue one. Tell me about and it. And it was all shiny gold. Ooh. It was amazing. Could you stick anything in it? You could stick any cartridge in it. Oh. Now, it would stick out a little bit when you jammed it into your NES. Like, you couldn't close the door anymore. Oh, it was big. Yeah, everyone could see what you were playing, but it didn't matter. Oh, man. It was the motherfucking Game Genie. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Game Genie was awesome. Yeah. The the, only, the, the best, is like the sanctioned best only way to cheat at all of your favorite games. Yeah, so this Game Genie thing, it was a peripheral a peripheral that you put your cartridge into, you stick it in there and then it and then it has a book with a bunch of codes. Yeah, yeah, it had a, yeah, a book with a bunch of codes and you'd have to look up your game in the book and then, you know, figure out what all the stuff was and enter the code in and it would give you a bunch of lives or all the weapons yeah invincibility yeah whatever the thing was you wanted to do cheats for games we're all familiar with them yeah and uh or like super low gravity those were some of my favorites like where you could turn the gravity down real low and like awesome you could jump really fast or make things slow-mo or make your gun fire faster i remember being able to rent that from the video store too oh really yeah and then after a while like the book was missing but there was like a computer printout (laughs) <laughs> that was all that was all folded up into the box. Shit, the book was like had to have been a hundred pages long. Like oh, it, it was had a big. lot of games in it and a lot of codes in it. And uh like they were still coming out with games too. So I like I don't know I can't remember what they did about that. Yeah. But there had to have been like some errata published somewhere for newer games. I bet Nintendo Power had some shit in the back of it somewhere. Maybe, but because I well, I don't know. I don't think Game Genie was actually nintendo sanctioned like i think it pissed people off when it came out oh that wouldn't surprise me but it worked and it was great yeah it was fun it did piss me off i remember uh there was a game uh the guardian legend i mentioned it briefly that uh i played that game it was a cool game it's like um you'd go from top view person walking around a map shooting the you know your standard nes type shooter but then you'd like go through these gates and you would transform into a ship and then it'd be like a, you know, 1942 Gradius, or not Gradius, because Gradius was like side scroll. This is like a 1942 style shooter. Yeah. And the game was fun as hell. But then I remember after a while I got to gate six and it was like, you need a special weapon to shoot this. And I tried every freaking weapon in that game. None of them worked. And it pissed me off. And I remember like just quitting. Like, I'm done with that. I'm never going to. And then later on, I found out that if you use the game genie, there was a glitch where you could not get through that door no matter what. Oh shit! Yeah, they locked that shit down. Well, I, I I don't think it was. I don't think they did it deliberately. It was oh yeah, just, they couldn't have planned for it. Yeah, the way it was, you know, from whatever reason, if you were using the game genie, you could not get through that door. And uh, since I was cheating, it wouldn't let me through. Oh, that's why it happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you had the game genie, if you had some game genie mojo active, it screwed something up in the code of the game, and you could not open that door no matter what. 
Oh, take that, you cheating fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get to see the end. No, and I don't think I ever went back and beat it after that either, After because I figured that out like 10 years later. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's why I couldn't fucking beat that game. <laughs> well, can you think of any other peripherals that there may have been? Because there may be some, but Did, uh, I think I'm out. I think they had, didn't they have like an arcade controller? I know they had one for Oh, Super yeah, Nintendo. the I'm Advantage. I only used the one for the Super Nintendo because it was way better for like fighting games and shit. But I think they made one for NES as well, but I could be wrong. They did. I didn't like it because it wasn't bolted down to anything. So as I'm doing like my jerky movements, it's just like flopping (laughs) around around in my lap. lap. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know. I don't know if these were actual Nintendo brand. I don't think so. But you had some wireless controllers when we were kids. I remember playing it at your house and they had the little receiver that sat on the top of the top of the, uh, the TV. And unless you were like 10 feet away, like pointing it directly at the receiver, it would not pick up your actions and it sucked and it was annoying, but it was such a cool fucking thing back then. It was like fucking space age shit. Yeah. You're like wireless controllers. And they didn't, I mean, and that didn't really even happen again for another 10, <laughs> Look, 15 years. Look, I can years. turn around and, well, it doesn't work anymore. No. Fuck. <laughs> but. But I remember marveling at like the, the Xbox 360 controller all those years later when you're in, when you're in like a different room and, and somebody's like, you need a hit A. And you're like, okay. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. F- yeah. Fuck wires. Now it's like wires are fucking caveman shit. Yeah. It's like you're asking me to, you know, woodcut something. <laughs> like don't take a picture just make a wood cut of it <laughs> fuck you but uh oh well and they had the the third party peripherals that had the turbo buttons on them yeah yeah i don't think nintendo i don't can't remember if nintendo made any official ones but they had the turbo buttons where you could just hold it down and it would just keep going oh yeah on that note the nintendo controller as nostalgic as i am like i love the way it looks and I, you know, there's some nostalgia there, but it is a shit design for a controller. Oh, don't you dare! It's just a little freaking square. There's nothing ergonomic it's about it. It's a rectangle. It, at all. it was like made for, yeah, it is a rectangle. Made for <laughs> like robots to play or something. Like there's, I remember, you know, like digs into your hands, and it's just, it's, there's nothing sensible about that controller at all, other than the fact that it's got, you know, the first proper D-pad and select and start and you know i you know, I, I think all this... of the tropes that that still stick around today so i mean something it got something right but the the case that it was in was just absolute garbage i think this kind of suits us perfectly whereas i think i i look back on this using my heart like i'm i'm a much more emotional person you're a much more logical person so you're like what the fuck are they thinking but i'm just like oh it's so great like it feels good to have a nintendo controller in my hand yeah, well, not so much these days. My hands are a little too big for it. Yeah. Like, it felt yeah, great in my true. hand when I was a kid. They're really small. I mean, yeah, I, I would sooner get it tattooed on me than use it voluntarily. <laughs> like, because it looks fucking cool. But, uh, man, it's a, just a, you know, it's a fucking hard-cornered, rectangle piece of garbage. All right, stay tuned, listeners, for information on our Kickstarter to get the uh, Nintendo controller tattooed on Ben. Yeah, I got a lot of skin. More skin than I did when I was a kid. Because I'm a fat slob, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's loose, wrinkly skin because we're old. Yes, yeah, we're ancient. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, and that was kind of the, the hallmark of that generation was kind of crappy square controllers because they hadn't quite figured out. You know, they went from joysticks 
like the Atari had. And uh, I guess Nintendo decided not to have a joystick. The reason they went with the D-pad because they were worried kids would like step on it and shit and break it. Fair enough. I bet that did happen often enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the Atari thing was, it was huge. And it was stiff. Like I said, it made my hands sore when I was a kid using it because it was not easy to use. Yeah. The Nintendo controller was much better than that. So, I mean, it was a step in the right direction. They just need to go farther. Um, and uh, those controllers are really durable. Yeah. I, I abused the hell out of mine and they worked. In fact, I abused my entire system pretty regularly and it still kept chugging. Were you a controller thrower? No, I wasn't a thrower, but it would like, I never put it away neatly, you know, so it would always be like laying on the floor, still connected to the unit. So I would either trip over it and pull the entire Nintendo off the shelf and have it slam into the ground or I'd step on it or I'd put some other shit on it. Uh, I did not take care of my things as a child. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, pull the cartridge out, blow on it a little bit, tack, tap the back right corner. Mm-hmm. Every, it'll work. Yeah. yeah you just, it, it doesn't work the first time. You get that little, like, what? The, blinking. The blinking fucking screen. You just pull it out. Quick blow. Tap, 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 tap. Put it back in real slow-like. You don't want to do it too quick. You got to be gentle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slide it in real easy. You know, and I, I remember reading or hearing years later that blowing into it is about the worst thing you could do for it because it it uh it ends up getting moisture from your mouth and increases the uh the rate of corrosion i believe that i mean yeah to a degree i mean it's i assume the connections were probably copper which does corrode but it's it's still reasonably conductive when it's corroded i think it was it was you know fucking voodoo I don't think it had any real effect at all other than making you... Like, I bet if you pulled it out and just put it back in and tried again, it would have the same rate of corrective action as doing any number of things to it. See, I don't know. When I, when I was a kid, there was the blowing thing, and then there was a lot of, like, slamming my hand on it because I was pissed. Um, but it wasn't until probably my early 20s where I discovered the the back right corner tap. And that thing had a success rate that was pretty absurd compared to the other ones. Oh, you like, just go, you, the, the, the thumb knuckle tap. Tap, 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 tap. Just wiggle your hand and whack it with your thumb knuckle a few times. And Yeah, interesting. I, it, I never did the thumb knuckle. I, I, did, I did like the like the middle ring finger like tap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah, I always did it with my thumb because you could do it faster. <laughs> um. So you want to take a little break? Uh, yeah, I think so. When you get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System, when you master Rob the Video Robot and meet the challenge of Gyromite, when you shoot the light-sensing zapper, when you play the system with the most arcade hits, you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. All right. Well, Ben, I would like to extend to you the heartiest, most sincere welcomes back. Bullshit. I don't believe it. <laughs> um, so what say we move away from, uh, from this topic of Nintendo and we talk just a little bit about the other 8-bit console? The ZX Max or whatever it was? Yes. No. 
What the fuck is that? <laughs> the Commodore 64? Oh, was that an 8-bit system? It was system? technically 8-bit, but you know, fuck the Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, when you think when you think of 8-bit it was systems, it's really poor, really poorly implemented 8-bit system. It was definitely closer to the Atari camp. Well, there's the Nintendo and then there's its uh its ugly little cousin, the Sega Master System. Yep, Sega's first serious foray into at least the North American console market. Yes, yeah, they, they they it was technically the Sega Mark III. They'd done two little consoles in Japan before, both that uh that did not do well. Um I mean, the second one was just kind of a retooled version of the first one, which was not good. You know, the the arcade business had tanked and um or I mean, the arcade business was slowing down and that was that was Sega's bread and butter. Initially, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they were they were the name in uh, in arcades. I mean, I guess there was also like Namco and Midway and Bally Games, but well, I think the the company that owned Sega sold a lot of the arcade properties to Bally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so then all of a sudden, the Famicom decides it's going to. Uh, make a strike at the at the home console market so like hey let's do that let's do that as well um so in 84 they put out their mark one i can't remember the actual name of it, it was like sc1 or sg1000 i think the sega pile of garbage one <laughs> yeah sega garbage 1000 and then they had the uh the mark ii like i said just sort of a retooled one um in 80 oh no i'm sorry first one was 83 second one was 84 wow that's that's pretty quick thereafter Oh, yeah. Well, then in 85 the sh- comes the Mark III. The ship is sinking. Let's fucking throw another one out there. Oh, fuck. It didn't work. So Try they, again? Rather than the than the Mark III, they decided to market this one as the master system after uh, Famicom with North America went the Nintendo Entertainment System route. Um, so it was released in North America in 1986. Sorry, it was 85 in Japan. And... Um, Hey, I actually did look up the price. To it, it was originally a two hundred dollar price tag, which is the equivalent of four hundred and fifty seven dollars in twenty eighteen. So, sticking right there um, with the uh, with the other systems, and it also included a uh, a multi cart on release, and it had uh, Hang On and Safari Hunt. I don't I don't remember ever even playing Safari Hunt, but it had to have been the light gun game. I don't remember playing either of those games, so take oh, that, you Sega. You don't remember Hang On, the motorcycle game? At least in the arcade, right? No, I don't have any memory of that game at all. Oh, shit. It, it was, I, I'm almost certain it was uh, It was the one in the arcade that you sat on the motorcycle. I, I'm, I remember a game in an arcade when I was a kid, sitting on a motorcycle, but that's about it. Yeah. Generic motorcycle game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was it was the memory. motorcycle game, sort of like like uh, Outrun for for the Master System or the arcades was like the generic car game. Yeah. Um. So by the end of '86, it w- it had sold 125,000 consoles, compared to Nintendo's 1.1 million. So they were slightly behind. Yeah, yeah. I think they were hoping for a bigger market share there. Yeah, well, yeah, everyone appreciates a comeback, right? Yeah. You got to start behind and then catch up. Yeah. So did you have any uh, any exposure to the Master System when you were a kid? Not when I was a kid. Um, when I, I did have some exposure to it through emulators later on. But it was the games, it had a lot of games that 
were shared with the Nintendo, a lot of the third-party games, and they seemed inferior. Like, they just didn't, uh, the sound wasn't as good, the graphics didn't seem as good, so I generally leaned on playing Nintendo games. Like, I remember playing Adventure Island. That was on, on Master System, actually, I, I was going to bring this up, it was called Wonder Boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was Skateboarding Caveman. Yeah, Cave Boy. Well, I guess he was a boy. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, Wonder Boy. When I was a kid, that was my favorite Master System game. Our uh, one of our old buddies grew up without a Nintendo. He never had a Nintendo. He had a Master System. Poor son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, he eventually got uh, the Super Nintendo when it came out. But yeah, that that's where I was exposed to the Master System. I played Wonder Boy, which to this day I still prefer it to Adventure Island. Really? Oh yeah. Why? I, I don't know. It just it feels right. And and despite what some may think, like the uh the Master System's graphics and colors and crispness was actually superior to Nintendo. It just um it just it played a little more sluggish um with most games. You know, that that was like something I was talking about earlier with Nintendo about how Mario just moved smoothly. Like Master System didn't have that as much. Yeah, I remember playing uh, Space Harrier on the Master System where you you were like behind the dude. It, it was almost like a first-person shooter, or I guess it was an early third-person shooter, and you could, what? <laughs> you were yeah. behind the dudes. Yeah. It was a second-person shooter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shooting behind the main dude's shoulder or something? Yeah, it was like a, a third-person shooter where the guy is in front of you and you can move him anywhere on the screen. It's It's... It, it mimicked three dimensions, so it was uh, almost like an early precursor to, like, Star Fox or something, you know, where you are moving forward, um, but it's not a, a true three-dimensional game. On Atari, I had Stellaris, I think it was called, and, it had, and I had a big joystick for it. It was kind of like that, except it was, like, Atari graphics. Yeah, kind of like the uh, the old Star Wars arcade game. Yeah, but it was kind of it did kind of semi-simulate a three D environment in the most rudimentary way possible. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, poor Master System. It 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 suffered from everything. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> from being late to the game, not necessarily better. You know where it did do well in Europe and Brazil. Uh, yes. Yes. Indeed, yeah, because <laughs> NES, at least in Brazil, NES did not make it to Brazil until like the early 90s. Oh, shit, yeah. So Sega beat them there, and it got a foothold, and it uh, was super popular there. Yeah, in Europe, the uh, the Master System even outpaced the Mega Drive, the Sega Genesis. Really? Yeah. And I remember when you, uh, when you put together your arcade machine, we got all those ROMs. Seeing the the huge library of Master System uh, games that came from from overseas, yeah. because they kept producing that like well into the nineties. In fact, I think some companies still produce it on some small level uh, for that hardware, like not for a wide release or anything, but people still produce games for for that uh, that hardware. Well, yeah, because I think uh, the in. Brazil, Sega licensed it to a company called Tectoy. Yeah. And it was such a hit that they kept releasing it and then like making tweaks and I mean, so, you know, made it slightly better. But I think they made brand new Sega Master Systems in Brazil up until 2015. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I, I remember looking at, at some resource where it was like, 
you know, time time where games were produced or time where the system was active, and it said like to present, like oh oh shit yeah Wait, yeah the what? Sega Master System is the longest lived console oh shit so good it, for it, you Sega it, yeah it has the moniker of the longest lived console currently even though Sega eventually stopped producing consoles they've still got one going strong yeah well they yeah they licensed it to another company and they just kept fucking kicking ass on that shit um, well and, and in Brazil from what I've heard like. I heard something there like, I guess the import tariffs there are just freaking ridiculous. Oh, yeah? So they must produce it um, in-country. Yeah, locally there. Something where like, you know, if you if they wanted to buy like a PlayStation 3 back when that was new, it was something like $3,000. Holy shit. It was like it was something absolutely insane. So they kind of get, you know, the short stick there and they have to uh, stick with 1980s technology because everything else is ridiculously expensive like insane like i can't imagine paying three thousand dollars for a freaking playstation 3 yeah no shit and i think the games are like 150 bucks each or some shit <laughs> like it's fucking ridiculous because I mean, the... that's not too far off these days yeah well i mean ultimately <laughs> but yeah they uh if for some reason that imported stuff is really expensive in brazil I'm curious how many, like, I mean, if they were producing it to 2015, they must have had some games that were made in, like, 2010. Yeah, like, were they were they making games based off of, like, Fast and the Furious or, like, Batman Begins for, uh... Yeah, that'd be awesome. For the Master System. I don't know, I'm curious now. We should check it out. I'd, I'd play, I'd at least try and play some of that stuff. For some reason, I feel like there was, like, a, a Flash game based on the TV show for Master System. I mean, up till 2015... That's not that long ago. No, no, no. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I mean the uh, the, oh, the one from like one. 1991. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So, Ben, outside of, uh, of the video games themselves, which are pop culture, what is something you've, uh, you've really appreciated that somebody's done, whether it be in movies or TV or music or what have you? What's some fond memories you've got somewhere in pop culture? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier. I think in reality, which is different than what I have prepared on this little sheet in front of me. Oh, shit. Whoa, you're throwing me for a loop here. That's not in the notes. I am, yeah. Yeah, fuck the notes. I I think, like, the advantage has got to be my favorite use in pop culture in reality. Oh, okay. Like, uh, having um, all the nostalgia that is built into the music, you know, the soundtrack to my childhood, essentially. Yeah, and you're you're speaking, of course, of the advantage that you mentioned earlier, which is the Nintendo cover band um, that plays full Inst- band, yeah, full yeah. band instrumentation of classic Nintendo music. Yeah, not the joystick controller for Nintendo. No, no, that was not heavily used in pop culture. I mean, to be fair, the advantage probably doesn't. Uh, penetrate deeply into pop culture either it's <laughs> <laughs> true i think they did better niche. better than the mini bosses but uh yeah but yeah mini bosses were badass too but yeah just the the full band instrumentation of uh of some of my favorite music from my childhood uh i, I was driving around with my son the other day and he was he'd heard some of my ringtones and stuff and i was like oh you should check this out and fucking pulled up the advantage doing their like covers of it and like played for him like the original music and then the you know full instrumentation music and he was not nearly as impressed as i was <laughs> a little asshole yeah <laughs> I mean, he thought it was cool still but uh 
you know, there's no nostalgia there. Like he didn't, you know, this is not stuff, stuff from my childhood. So it's mildly interesting at best. I must say about both advantage and mini bosses. I, I love what the guitars do, but I have always been bothered by what the drummers do. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm a drummer or if it's because I'm a Nintendo purist, uh, with the music, but back then, you know, that it, like we were talking about with the four track capabilities, they couldn't put like full drums no, in there. Yeah, yeah, the drum track kind of took a back seat. Like it had some accents here and there, but there wasn't a full drum track to most of those songs. Yeah. So when this drummer comes in and they, they have to put a, a full drum beat in there because they're there and they have to do something, but it just, it throws it off for me sometimes. And I think the advantage drummer was guilty of that fairly often where it just, it threw me off and it, it bummed me out. Like, just take it easy, dude. You don't, you don't have to be the spotlight in a Nintendo cover band. But. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, who's a normal person who doesn't play the drums, um, I never think about them. Just like all the girls when you're when you're playing a live show. <laughs> <laughs> so that never really occurred to me. Yeah, you know, the drums are they're, they're a background thing. They're yeah. they're occurring somewhere. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> Uh, but my original answer was going to be the uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. Because I loved the shit out of that when I was a kid. Going back, like, it is cheesy and dumb and wonderful. Yeah, what was his name? Captain Lou Albano or something? Yeah, I, th- I, think, he was a, I think he was a pro wrestler that played Mario. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. When they had those live action segments. Yeah. Swing your arms from side to side. Yep. <laughs> Let's do the Mario. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely stupid show with Luigi getting turned into like a possessed pizza monster and Yeah, like they would start off with live action segments on a set and sometimes they would have they would have guest stars. Like I feel like Inspector Gadget was was a guest star once and there was like Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge was on there and uh, you know, hijinks would ensue and they'd like throw to a cartoon yeah 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 they'd had the they had either the legend the legend of zelda cartoons yeah oh yeah yeah that was once a week that was on fridays well yeah, it was part of the super mario super show yeah yeah like it, it, it was it was always mario cartoons like monday through thursday when it played and then on fridays they would play a zelda cartoon yeah, excuse me princess oh that was so great and the triforce of wisdom and the triforce of power and ganon was like a like a skeletor like ah, yeah yeah it was freaking pig faced fucking thing and then there was that little sprite character yeah i love that and in fact it was a great show like i mean it, like i loved it as a kid like looking back on it it's you know it's clearly a kid's show from yeah. the what early 90s yes 80s maybe so you know it's not exactly a fine piece of American cinema, but it was fucking good. I liked it. It was well, fun. It was better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, geez. No shit. <laughs> Freaking stupid Koopa Troopers as like big goons with tiny turtle heads. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was that? No kidding. They look like, like, uh, like the Beetlejuice shrunken hey, head guy. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, and and cartoons of that era, like there was also that uh, that Captain N, the Game Master. Yeah, like that that was that was so fucking badass. Like I used to run around with a uh, with a controller, like with a cord wound through my belt loop, so I could pretend to pause the game and like use it to super jump and like awesome. blast things with the with the blaster. So yeah, the, this kid Kevin something or other gets sucked into the video game world, and he's fighting alongside Simon Belmont and uh, Kid Icarus and a princess from some game. 
I don't know. Was was the game ever actually like? Was she from an actual game? Because back then, princesses were just characters that people saved. Yeah, they were in all the games. Yeah. Sorry, Mario, but your princess is in another castle. Yeah, like she wasn't uh, Princess Toadstool. She wasn't Zelda. But um, and then there was. Did I say Mega Man? There was that little Mega Man that ran around. He would always call everything mega something like oh mega high yeah mega mega yeah yeah and there was like a uh there was a, a game boy that would fly around and <laughs> had like a kool-aid man face i totally forgot about that yeah and they fought they fought mother brain she was yeah. the the head one she had a weird voice they, they almost kind of kind of uh gender non-specific for you know which was weird for back then well, she's kind of spe- she's kind of species non-specific too yeah no so. kid yeah i guess just the fact that they call her mother is is all you really get well she she had some some big lick, lipstick lips looked like she was wearing like hooker makeup <laughs> even though she was a giant stretched out face and a brain s- in a jar stupid space prostitute yeah who else was there there was uh the eggplant wizard yeah, and I I feel like they did a crossover with uh, Legend of Zelda in that like one one or two episodes. I've got the whole series on DVD and seriously, yeah, because yeah, well, wow. some somebody put it out and I didn't know that existed. Oh well, it it is very rare and it's super expensive. So I Whoa, found somebody Mr. That, Fancy Pants. No, I found somebody <laughs> that bootlegs that shit. So I I got it for like thirty bucks, and man, it is not good. Like all of really? my, all of my yeah, great yeah. memories of it, I've I still haven't gone through and watched the whole series. But then again, I don't have I don't spend a lot of time binging stuff either. Really, a cartoon made to sell video games was not good. <laughs> well, shit, I loved it when I was a kid, man. That that was the shit. You know, having children now and seeing the things they love, it doesn't surprise me that it was garbage. <laughs> so spinning out of. Out of Captain N, the Game Master, you know, getting sucked into a video game world. Let's play a little what-if game. Like, if you had to get sucked into one video game world, what would it be? And, like, I mean, I guess there there would be the factor of, like, danger. Where, like... Yeah, are we limiting ourselves to 8-bit systems? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk Nintendo. Okay. Or Wonder Boy, if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so so danger is real though like like you know like i love castlevania but uh a world populated by you know ghouls and floating medusa heads and vampires does not sound terribly inviting yeah yeah like if, if you're gonna if you're going to go into the castlevania world like you better be a battle-hardened son of a bitch i'm not no just to put that out there I mean, you'd probably have a better time surviving than I would. You're an Eagle Scout. You just go hide in the woods. Yeah, just, yeah, just go stay the fuck away from Dracula's yeah, castle. Yeah, that's yeah, what that, I would do. That giant <laughs> castle that just appeared, that's not my problem. Um, well, I would probably go with, uh, so one of one of two things. I'm not really sure. So potentially the Final Fantasy, like Final, Final Fantasy II world, because the idea of... Uh, magic being real and being able to be like an RPG adventurer is always really called to me. Yeah. I think it'd be super fun. Um, but a bit dangerous still. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was the first thing that popped in my head when you said that, like, Oh shit, final fantasy. Like, it seems like, you know, you're walking through a swamp for 10 feet and all of a sudden you get attacked by three. Yeah. Like Whatever. Yeah, you can't go anywhere. You're just trying to go to the store and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Oh no. 
<laughs> I'm beset by beasts now. Glog, damn it. But yeah, so like, I, you know, I don't know if it's the most practical place to end up, but, you know, a world of fantasy and magic is always called to me. But I think if I actually had to pick one that I had to be sucked into, I think I might go with uh, Little, Little Nemo in Dreamland. Oh, interesting. That's not the first time you've brought that game up. So that must have been one that was that was there in your childhood. It was yeah? a fun game. Like you could like, so you're going through like you ride on a bed for a while, like you're dreaming, you know, so like you go to sleep and that's your vehicle to awesomeness. Yeah. And uh, like you could ride on top of like gorillas and all kinds of shit and everyone's kind of friendly. You just kind of throw them some candy. And they're like, oh, cool, I'll be your friend, and we'll go beat some stuff up. It yeah, interesting. kind of friendly and innocuous. To yeah, degree, I, had a, but... I had a friend that had that game, but I don't remember ever playing it beyond just like one turn and not doing well, so I didn't play it anymore. But It was a fun game. I like that game. And uh, you, you get to do all kinds of cool adventure stuff, but it's still kind of lighthearted. Yeah. And not uh, not like you're going to die. Kind of whimsical. Yes, yes, very whimsical. And uh, you, like I said, you get to ride. Like I get to ride. I get to feed a gorilla some candy and then ride around on a gorilla. Well, you can do that in real life. All right, that'll be our next episode. We're gonna <laughs> find a gorilla. We're gonna feed him some candy. And we're gonna ride him around. That'll be a uh, Gone Geek Exploring episode. Yeah, gorilla riding. But yeah, I'd probably go something like that, or maybe like you know, I'd say like Bubble Bobble, but. I, I don't know what I would do in Bubble Bubble's universe. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of world there. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You you would either be uh, fighting a bunch of jerks jumping around and shooting bubbles at them, or you'd be getting attacked by, what are those, like ghost whales? Ghost whales? Yeah, when it goes... Oh, yeah. Well, or, or, you know, we're assuming we're the protagonist, right? Maybe I would just be dropped from the ceiling and some bubble-spitting dragons would encapsulate me and then oh, pop geez. my bubble and I'd turn into a freaking cherry. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. <laughs> like, we're assuming that we're going to be the protagonists in this world, right? Yeah, or I, I guess I guess if you live outside of the action, then you'd, you'd at least just be, like, following these little dragons through all these weird platform levels as, yeah, cleaning up as, as they do that. Yeah. Have you have you seen that? Um, I think it's uh, oh geez, what is it uh, on Steam? There's a game. I think it's uh, like Viscera cleanup detail, and essentially <laughs> no. you're you're the you're the janitor that comes behind the guy after he murders everybody, and your job is to clean up all of the gore and stuff that he leaves behind. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you'd be that guy, cleaning up all the candy wrappers and unclaimed letters in Bubble yeah. Bobble. <laughs> unclaimed letters yeah where do those things go yeah they gotta go somewhere that's fucked up they don't just float off to nowhere yeah somebody like, else is extending yeah, pop and land on someone's house and they got a big fucking n in their garden <laughs> someone's gotta clean that up uh, so john uh what about you where would you go i don't know i was just thinking about that because i had planned on asking the question but i certainly didn't think of answering it myself which is kind of weird it's almost like I'm setting it up to, to be an interview show for you. Oh, come on. You know it would be Batman. No, fuck no. For, but the Superman for, game was pretty shitty. Yeah, oh, the so Superman game was garbage. Yeah, you don't want to end up in that universe. No, the, the problem with the Batman game is it's very hard. There's people coming after you all the time. And once you get into like that third or fourth uh, level when you're in the sewers and there's these weird like dogman creatures that just jump on top of you over and fucking over again 
Like I've <laughs> I've quit the game on that level more times than any other level in that entire game for sure. Um, I mean to be honest, just right off the top of my head, like all all of my favorite games are like you said with Castlevania. Like they're fucking dangerous. So yeah, they're totally dangerous. Yeah, Ninja they're... Gaiden, no. Mega Man, no. Uh, Bionic Commando, certainly not. Um, Punch Out, no. I mean, unless I'm just fighting Glass Joe all the time. Contra, fuck no. Um, so it probably it probably would be Mario. Track and field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duck hunt. Except in that world, yeah. I can shoot that fucking laughing yeah, dog right in the face. Yeah, fucking jerk. I'm going to purposely not shoot any ducks so he can rise up cackling at me and I'm just <laughs> blasting one. I'll go pick up my own fucking ducks. Um, no, I mean, it, it probably it probably would be Mario and probably Mario 2 because... Yeah, you it's know, a fun world. You can pick stuff out of the ground and throw yeah. it at other things. And go into little warps and jump on flying carpets. If you put a dress on, you can like float down nice and slowly. <laughs> in the other games, yeah, you, you just have to you just have to bounce on people for the most part. But I like that I'm able to stand on their heads as they walk or jump around. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> they and they'll just keep moving. Yeah. And then if I feel like picking them up and throwing them at somebody and killing them both or whatever, I can. Yeah, you Luigi it, you could jump and just waggle your legs really fast and <laughs> stay up in the air a little longer. Yeah, most I got to worry about is weird masks flying at me when I'm holding the key. Yeah. But yes, I know what to do. Some weird thing shooting eggs at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fucking birdos. Um, yeah, so it would probably be a Mario world. It seems like it would be fun. You know, like like a, a good mixture of fun and mild danger adventure. But like yeah, Zelda? Yeah, like no, you, I wouldn't want to be in a Zelda world. Well, in Mario World, if you get hit, you just get smaller. Yeah. Like that's not like like you you could reassess your life choices at that point. Be like, all right, I'm small now. I guess I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna retire. Gotta go find me a mushroom. <laughs> or, you know, if you go kill a bunch of people, you can get a heart and come back if you're if you're in Mario too. Yeah. But like like Zelda, like Zelda would be cool until you got hit once and you no longer had a shooting sword. Yeah. Like it's that way when I play the game too. Like I the shooting sword is the best, but once I get hit once, I'm so pissed. I'm like, oh now I gotta get close to things. What you gotta start the game with a wooden sword. Yeah. It's dangerous. Take this. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah, take this wooden sword. Hey kid, it's dangerous. Take this fucking stick. Yeah. He should have he should have at least handed you like a rock or something. Yeah, well, could you give me a real sword, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, maybe a shield. What the fuck? I mean, I guess he's giving you something when you have nothing, so but still fuck him. Well, I didn't want to interrupt the flow there, so backtracking a little bit, um, going back to my favorite use in pop culture. It's a movie from our childhood. Oh, I think I know exactly which movie this is. You, you probably do. It is Mortal Kombat. No. Um, <laughs> Double Dragon starring Scott Wolf and uh, <laughs> the guy that played the crow in the TV show. Uh, I can't remember his name anymore, and I feel bad. Um, no, it was The Wizard. Yeah, fuck it. That was like the event of our childhood, man. Yes, it was huge. It had Fred Savage fresh off of, a, well, I mean, still in the middle of Wonder Years. It had Bo Bridges, who is uh, the very capable brother of Jeff Bridges and son of Lloyd Bridges. Um, it had Christian Slater. It had uh, Christian Slater was in that really? Yeah, he was Fred Savage's older brother. 
Um, it had that Jenny, what's her name from, uh, shit. The only other thing I can think of that she was in was true Beverly Hills, which we watched earlier this week, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Angelina had never seen it. So, uh, coming out of the boy Scouts episode, we decided to watch it. Um, she ended up being like, I think vocalist and maybe guitarist for the band Rilo Kylie also, if I'm pronouncing that correct, but I, I don't even know if they're still around. Never heard of them. They were an indie band um, at least a few years back. So Fred Savage and this special needs kid who is just a genius at video games are going to California to try to find, I believe, the special needs kid's parents or one of his parents or something. There was either a divorce or a death in the family. So they decide to run away and go to California. Um, And this kid is really good at video games. And they meet up with this girl on the way. Um, They decide they're going to enter some video game competition, which unveils Super Mario Brothers 3 in the end. The most genius freaking cross-promotion ever. Yeah. Like, they got this movie coming out that's hyping the shit out of this game that's coming out that everyone's anticipating anyway. It's like, yeah, if you want to see some clips from Super Mario Brothers 3, you better go watch this movie. And then after you're done with the movie, go buy the fucking game. Yeah, and holy shit. I still remember the first time I saw it, just the excitement that I felt that, you know, they they were trying to push on everybody. Like, even, even the people in the in the uh the movie itself because they're all showing up getting ready to play some some tournament of some game they've played before and they're all great and they're all cocky and then all of a sudden they're like super mario brothers 3 and bring it out on these giant screens and yeah then, you know everybody's seeing something and doing something for the first time and you're sort of there with them um another thing i loved is that 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 competition took place at universal studios hollywood so there are these like uh, cops or or um, CPS. I don't know. There there are people that are after the kids because they're some little fucking kids that are that have run away and they're you know on their own on the road. And as they're running away from them, they're like running through Universal Studios Hollywood. I I can't remember how much it shows, but I do remember very specifically they like jump off the tram tour and you see the King Kong. Yeah. exhibit for like from behind so it, it almost looks like like the bottom half of king kong is just like a skirt that, that goes down and you know there's fire blowing up there because it doesn't matter in real life you know whether or not you uh yeah, you're not supposed to see it from that side yeah so it was it was a really cool peek behind the curtain and there was another thing that stood out at me um when they're in a convenience store there's like a a double dragon arcade and they're trying to get money for their for their running around and like Fred Savage bets this trucker that uh, that his friend, I think it's Jimmy, the 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 little special kid, can beat him in Double Dragon. And it always stood out to me. Like even as a kid, I'm like, no, like you, it, it's it's not a competitive yeah, game. How do you beat someone at Double Dragon? Yeah, there is there is no scoring system in Double Dragon that uh that allows you to beat someone else. I mean, I guess you could just each play one player and see who gets farther but yeah but i feel like they were playing at the same time yeah because there wasn't points in the arcade at all was there i don't know maybe but they made it seem like a like a competition i better go watch the movie before we uh we cut this episode make sure that i'm (laughs) to figure out if you're full of shit or not (laughs) yeah maybe it was just my little kid brain was like ah you can't do that it's a cooperative game yeah i just remember like seeing that in the the uh, really like teasing and sh- well showing the 
Tanuki suit, the little raccoon suit from Super Mario Brothers Three, and being like, "Oh, that's, he can fly! Mario can fly! It's so cool!" And then one other thing that we alluded to earlier that was in that movie was the power glove. The power glove. Fuck yeah! I, so they. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I always wanted it and never even laid eyes on one. Yeah. So they they for some reason they meet up with uh, with another dude that's some video game master. I think he's one of the kids that ends up in the uh, in the very end tournament, and he's got a power glove. And he's playing a racing game and he's holding his arm up in front of him as if like, You're it's like got like motion sensors. Yeah, yeah. He's steering by like moving his arm around. I'm doing it right now, which, which is great for this visual medium. Of I podcasting. also just did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the best thing in the world is at the very end, once he's done playing the game, he turns to them and he says, I love the power glove. It's so bad. And that, that little part has always stuck with me. I want to play with a power glove so bad just so I can say that. So I can turn around and say, <laughs> I love the power glove. It's so bad. Um, Have you ever actually seen one? In real life? No, I don't think. Wait. No, probably not. I, I have not either. If, if I don't remember for 100% certainty, then I won't, I won't claim to. But for some reason, I feel like I, feel like I may have seen one all beaten up somewhere. If it would have been like a garage sale or some shit, but I imagine if I saw one beat up at a garage sale, it would be cheap. Yeah, and I would have bought it. I'd wear it around just for fun. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't even have wear it any, to work. Yeah, I don't even have an NES to plug it in anymore. I would just wear it because it's so bad. It is so bad. Um. So one more thing I would like to touch on before we uh, we go to our final thoughts and close out here is the NES Classic Edition. Yeah. I didn't have that in our notes. I've, I've, I know it exists. Yeah. I, I bought one and it's pretty cool. Have you played it at all? No, but I got, oh shit. Like all the games emulated yeah. on a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. So for the people who aren't technologically savvy like myself, cause I've got a Raspberry Pi, but I've probably only got like 30 games on there because I just can't figure that shit out like i i tried to put like a big batch on there and it it didn't work i'm sure you could do it very easily and i should bring it over so i'm also sure i could do it very easily yeah i think that system is a really super cool idea i think the way it was marketed was absolute fucking dog shit but you know i think they were learning too i don't think they realized how big it was gonna be how many games has it got on like 30 yeah it's got 30 games on it and the i don't have the list in front of me but it is a solid a uh, bunch of games you know they they of course they there are some that are that are omitted that should be there but unless they were going to do 100 games you know there it was bound to be the case you know, if you were to ask me to pick 30 games to put on an NES system for mass market uh i there would definitely be some great games that would not make it yeah yeah you'd piss people off there's no way around that there because there was more than 30 great games on the NES and but there were enough classics on there to satisfy me, you know. I I does it got Rygar? No. Does it got California Games? No. Well, fuck it. Then. <laughs> it's got the first three Mario's. I think it's got Punch Out. It's got Zelda. And in fact, I think it's got the first two Zeldas. Um, but yeah, there were some some omissions on there that that were. It was a bummer, but eh, you know, what can you do? There's also licensing issues. You know, for third-party games. Someone out there is going to be pissed because like, what, this doesn't have fucking Joust? <laughs> yeah. 
Like Balloon Flight Fight was my favorite game ever. <laughs> How does this not have Balloon Fight on it? I, I thought it was a really cool idea. I'm glad I have it. There was a moment where I thought about selling it when it was going crazy before they put out the uh, the second run of them. And, you know, they were going for like 200 bucks on there. I was like, oh, oh well. yeah. Nintendo totally pulled the artificial scarcity thing with that yeah. as well. Like they, they did it in a very limited release very deliberately. I'd be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't realize how big it was going to be. But once they saw how big it was, they pulled the fucking plug. Rather than rather than creating more, you know, like you said, you know, they they just created this insane need for them. So then, you know, they could put out the the Super Nintendo one and then go back for a second run of the Nintendo. Some bullshit. But I and I got one, so I shouldn't be pissed. But but it it just it left a bad taste in my mouth. Does it come with like two classic controllers? No, just one. Oh, and the the can you add a second one? Can you yeah, buy a second? Yeah, one? Yeah, you can buy them. But they they were just as scarce. And um, the wires for them are like three feet long. It's fucking ridiculous. But they, they have the I mean, same... I think that's about as long as the original one was. No, I, no, I, I think, I think it's a little long. short. Or a little shorter. Or maybe they were two feet. I don't know. It was... Two st- feet? That's it really short. It was stupid. Short. Yeah. Like, it, there was no comfortable way to sit there. Like, unless you're sitting like you're a little kid, you know, two feet away from the screen. But, what was that like the the old the OG NES? Like I remember being pretty close to the TV, but yeah. also back then TVs were like you know like a twenty seven inch TV was a big fucking yeah. TV. Like the the TVs, you know, you didn't have sixty inch TVs no, <laughs> when the NES came out at all. But the the controllers themselves had the same connectors as the uh, the what was it like the uh, the the Wii. Yeah, because there there was the um the like classic controller that you could get for the Wii, um so you can use that in the uh, as your second controller for oh, nice. on the NES Classic. Yeah, I ended yeah, up getting one of, of those. A little bit of synergy there. That's nice. But then with that, you can also use um controller extender cords from the Wii. So I bought a couple of those, so I'd have a couple more feet on there. I should have just made those fuckers wireless. No shit. Or with a fucking wire that is five feet long. You fucking assholes. Are you fucking kidding me? Pardon my language. It's Jeez. not 1985 anymore. Yeah. We all have big TVs. We're fancy now. Yeah. It's adults that are buying this, you dickheads. I can't even buy a 27-inch TV anymore. <laughs> that's not even a thing. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say on the topic. Leave me alone about it. So, final thoughts, Ben. 8-Bit Systems. What do you think? Uh, the pinnacle of gaming. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. I mean, there, there have been a lot of great games. I enjoy games before and after, but uh, to be quite honest, fucking NES is the shit. Like, I absolutely love it. There's more super good quality games than any other console. Uh, I kind of bounce between PC and console here and there, and uh, if I had to pick one console to play games on for the rest of my life, it would almost certainly be the NES. Yeah, it's gotta be. Like, I'm not gonna pick a the PlayStation 2. It had some great games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no. no I'm going to go with the NES. Uh, but, got, no, fuck you. Yeah. More, better games. Um, so, yeah, if I had to pick a single console to live the rest of my life off of, it probably wouldn't be any of the modern ones, to be quite frank. Probably stick, you know, if you, like, you got, if you got the console and all the games that ever came with it, and yeah. they would just work in perpetuity, and those are the only video games you play the rest of your life, um, I'd go with PC, but oh, well, fuck you. That's not actually a console. 
just because be, it's it's like a broad term. It'd be like I'd go with Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, true story. You know, just PC. You'd have the biggest variety. You could go from everything text-based RPGs all the way through most of the newest games. So if you had to, if you had to eat one pizza for the rest of your life, it would be a hot dog, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'd be Hawaiian. <laughs> but no, if I had to pick like any actual like you know console release, it would it would definitely be the NES and. Uh, as such, it must be the best. Yeah. So take that, Microsoft and yeah. Sony. Sega. And I guess Nintendo, too. You've been trying to do yourself. You haven't fucking pulled it off yet. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if if they could just do a better job with releasing their uh, their old libraries on newer systems, they'd probably make a couple more bucks. I don't know. I hear the Switch is doing that pretty well. Yeah, I don't own one, so... Me either. But, yeah, I guess they... Yeah, they've got the retro console on there that does some of that, but I don't know why they wouldn't just release everything. Like even Balloon Fight. Sure, release Balloon Fight. Track and Field. No one's going to buy Track and Field. Are you are you the the world's only Balloon Fight fanatic here? Cuz you've brought <laughs> it up like 27 times this episode. This is really bizarre. We're going to have to do a bonus episode on Balloon Fight so we can get to the bottom of this. No, it's just it's just a, a subpar game that I can think of. Okay, ice I swear, climbers. like 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 you lost your virginity while playing Balloon Fight or something. You never forget your first. Yeah. I, I mean, I could say Ice Climbers. People seem to love that. They they end up in fucking Do Smash they? Brother for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. That that is bizarre. Of course, so did the Wii Fitness Trainer and <laughs> and the Game and Watch dude. Back to the Game & Watch thing. Like, they've got the Game & Watch guy in the new Smash Brothers. Weird. I played that new one uh, a few times at my sister's place. I don't understand Smash Brothers. I never have. It's a fucking shit show. I like it. Link Link is still the shit, but I played as Simon and Richter Belmont, and they were both cool. Yeah. It, it's cool to have these characters, but as far as, like, actual gameplay mechanics, like, it's just a fucking button-mashing shit show. Like, there's... I, I've never been able to grasp the strategy of what you're supposed to be doing, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. It's just, like, well, I don't know what's going on. There's things happening. People are flying off the screen, then they're reappearing, and they're doing this and that, and, like, I don't... There's some percent thing at the bottom that means nothing to me. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? All I know is I'm running around trying to hit this person, and then at the end it says somebody won. <laughs> and I gotta take its word for it. You play games that are so much more complicated and in-depth than this. Let me Let me sit with you for about two and a half minutes and explain all of that to you don't you worry are you proposing that you understand smash brothers yes 100 percent. it's so fucking easy are you kidding me oh, jesus the only thing easier is street fighter because there is just a life bar yes, on the time yeah, exactly. you punch somebody their but life I mean, goes down the, the percentage is just basically the life bar in reverse and then the higher it goes the easier it is to knock them either off the screen or up and off the screen and then when they die they lose a life there's lives, um, depending on what mode you're doing. But like yes. how, how many lives are there? Because uh, I've been knocked off like three or four times, and like it just seems to keep happening. Well, sometimes you, you, I mean, it depends on what mode you're playing. You can play where you just have three lives a piece, and then whoever kills the person three times wins. Or there's time limit where where the lives are unlimited, and then at the end of the time limit, um, whoever's done better, you know, whoever's died less, wins. Uh, yeah, uh, but there is a lot of shit going on there. There's extra items. There's you know the attack system is different. So yeah, 
Yeah, I, it is more complicated than a Street Fighter. I'm sure. I'm sure there's something there. It's just I I've never spent enough time to care really. Yeah, I enjoyed those games. I've I've I played most of them. You know, fighting fighting with Simon Belmont against Samus on top of Star Fox's ship is about as you know like that's cool. Yeah, it's cool as fuck. Like that's fun. Uh, as far as what the fuck's going on during that fight, I have no idea. But the rest of it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I I feel very similar to the way you do. Yeah. If, if I had to choose one console to have forever and play forever, it, it would definitely be Nintendo. Like that that that's uh it's permeated my entire life, not just my childhood. Because every few years or so you go back and you have to play the old shit. I don't have nearly the patience I did when I was a kid, but I still love it. I still love going back and playing the first couple levels of a lot of Nintendo games before I give up in frustration. But not so much patience. I don't have the time. I mean, I feel like a jerk going back and like jumping into Mega Man and just getting my ass handed to me. You should. And it's like, man, I used to be better at this. Why am <laughs> I getting why am I getting my ass kicked so thoroughly? See, with me, it, it's more like the timing and the jumping and the shit you have to learn through trial and error that I just don't have the patience for anymore. So after like the third time, if I don't just get it, I'm like, nope, on to the next game. But there's enough Nintendo games out there to where you don't have to, uh, you don't have to worry about having something to play. You know, there's always something there. 678 for in North American release. Yeah. And uh, at least 300 of those are worth playing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more, actually. Possibly. Maybe we'll maybe I'll do a ranking list and I'll rank every Nintendo game. Yeah. It'll be a whole episode on itself. Oh shit. In order listing them out. Yeah. Two parter. Well, thank you for pressing start and playing with us today. Uh, if you want to let us know how everything was, you can uh, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Um, we are also on the social medias. We've got the Facebook page, Geeksploration the Podcast, and uh, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast. You can leave comments there that we will also feature on the episode. And we are kind of on Twitter at GeeksplorePod. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five The Princesses in Another Castle review. Or you can subscribe to the podcast at geeksplorationpodcast.com and get notified when new episodes drop. The theme song for our show is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, here's the Kid Icarus theme song.